This is the author archive. I've been reading a book called Magnificent Women and Flying Machines, written by Sally Smith. Sally, what what draws you to this? A love for the technology or a love for the women who did it? <laughs> the women, definitely the women. It's not a technical book at all. Um, I, my background's in sport aviation, in, in parachuting and, and ballooning, so that drew me to it. And what happened is, is one day I just suddenly thought, well, who was the first British woman pilot? And I Googled and it came up with Amelia Earhart. Try it, it's appalling. So, um, so then I Googled a bit further and found these amazing women. Then I thought, well, who's the first woman skydiver? And there were no records of that. And I thought these are stories that need to be told. And so that's how the book came into being. Now, you, the book, the, the byline is the first 200 years of British women in the sky. But the first woman went into the sky more than 200 years ago. Um, the first woman, the first British woman who went into this, well, the first woman, the first flight was in 1783 when the Montgolfier brothers took off in Paris in a balloon. That was the very first flight. Um, and then in, in just 18 months later, a British woman, Letitia Sage, took off from the middle of London and flew, flew right across London for nearly an hour and then landed in Harris successfully. Um, so, yes, that was just over 200 years ago. So I suppose it's just a, a light summary, although <laughs> it, it finishes with um, Helen Sharman in 19 when, when she in the later latest 20th century when she went up into space. Yes. So, um, so it is 200 years. I mean, Letitia, was she, she was a bit of a, a, a star for a while, wasn't she? The very first woman to go up in a balloon. Of course she was. Um, she, she was the first British woman. There was a French woman who had been up just a bit before her. Um, she was very nearly the first woman ever to get off the ground. It was sensational in those days. No one had been up in the sky. It, you can't believe um, the fame, the glory, the excitement, the whole ramifications of the beginning of flight. And it's not just the going up, it's the coming down. Um, <laughs> I know... I, I know Cheltenham quite well, and there's a beautiful area with a big green Montpellier, and there was a descent that happened there. What was that? Ah, oh, that was the first British woman parachutist. She was nearly the first in the world. The American just went before her. It was such a shame, but she was still very much at the early days of parachuting in 1889. She was brought up in a Victorian workhouse. Her story is phenomenal. Um, but then one day in 1889, she went up to Cheltenham, as you said, got on a trapeze underneath a balloon, <clears throat> went up to 3,000 feet um, and leapt off, pulling a parachute behind her. It opened and she landed. The most sensational thing to do. Her whole life story is just, it should be a film. It's just wonderful. <laughs> now, that's all uh, lighter than air and coming down. Um, where do we get to the heavier than air, planes as we know them? Right. Well, that was interesting, again, because um, when you research a bit, the first woman, to, British woman, to get a pilot's licence was in 1911, and that was Hilda Hewlett. And she is, is documented a little bit, not dramatically, but quite a lot. But then you come actually to a bit more research, and you find that before her, there was another amazing British woman called Edith Cook, and she was the daughter of a confection in, in, in Ipswich. There was no relation to flying. Um, but she was taken in 1909, she heard about Blerio and the first flight across the channel, and she got very excited about flight. Um, she saved her pennies, and without telling her parents, um, she took herself onto a steam train down to Folkestone, a ferry across the channel, 
a steam train to Paris and then a train all the way down to Po in the south of France. And she joined the Blériot Flying School and she learned to fly. She first went solo January the 4th, um, 1910. And she was the second woman in the world ever to go up in an airplane. And she flew solo. She was amazing. She had taken her license. She'd have been the first in the world to get a license. In fact, she delayed taking her license because she wanted to save her money for her own plane. Um, but she was still very much the first British woman pilot. Fabulous story. Now, very few of these women have sort of become everyday household names. But I grew up, part of my youth was in Hull. And one of the heroes of Hull was Amy Johnson. Now, what's her story? Well, she she's one of the ones that's um, well documented. I mean, the book has found out all sorts of new, new records and, and information, which is wonderful. Amy Johnson wasn't su such a mysterious character because so much has already been written about her. Um, but what a story she had. I mean, she wasn't a natural pilot by any means. She got lost on her first cross country. We found out lots of new information about her and the fact that she didn't actually want to fly to Australia at all. That wasn't her intention. Um, but what happened is she was at Stag Lane in, in North London, an airfield <clears throat> in early 1930. And a journalist arrived and said, oh, you know, what are you doing here as a girl? And she said, oh, I'm a pilot, I'm, I'm beginning to fly. And he said, well, what do you want to do? Or what do you want to do it for? And she said, oh, for the excitement of fun. And he said, what do you aim to be? And she said, oh, and she was taken unawares because suddenly confronted with a journalist. She wasn't that used to speaking to the media. And she said, oh, oh, I want to fly to Australia. And that's what she said. She said, I want to fly to Australia. The following day, the newspapers all came out with the headline, British girl to fly to Australia. And <laughs> story she felt she couldn't step down because all her friends were then calling her her parents said this is amazing um and so she could step down and that was in january in the may she took off in january she had no plane no funding she'd never flown out of britain in may that year she flew to australia phenomenal and the adventures she had were just extraordinary just wonderful and what happened to her is there still a mystery about what happened well um probably not so much now i think she was a member of the Air Transport Auxiliary in the war, fantastic women who did the most amazing flights. Um, sadly, I think she was delivering a plane. And of course, in those days, they didn't have the instruments, um, but the war was on. And so the women were, and, the, and the men pilots were all taking risks. And she took off and she had to fly down to Kidlington in Oxford. Um, but it was a, the weather wasn't very good. Um, she went on flying. She, uh, we think that really she got lost. She ended up over the Thames and ran out of petrol ran out of fuel and parachuted out. And then what actually happened at the end, we don't know. But um, but we think that's probably what happened to Amy Johnson. And how old was she when she died? Oh, goodness, you ask me now. Um, Ab about, know. about. Yeah, all um, Yes, because what, what comes out of your book is that these were fairly young, feisty women. And what I wanted to ask you is that so many of them seem to have status, like this Lady Mary Heath and Lady uh, Mary Bailey. That that was a fabulous um, contest between two um, entitled women who wanted to fly across Africa. So that, that alone should be a film. It's the most amazing story about one woman who was brought up in a castle, another woman who was brought up in a poor, very poor family. Her father bludgeoned her mother to death. And um, from then on, she was desperate to sort of, I suppose, get over that somehow. And she was the ultimate social climber. Um, she married someone, he died. She married, when she was in her twenties, for true love, I'm sure. Um, she married a, a man in his late seventies um, 
but he had a title and lots of money. So she was very <laughs> and entitled to fly. But so those two marriages were, were, were separate. A lot of the women weren't. A lot of the women were just absolutely normal women. And they weren't all young. Hilda Hewlett, the first woman to get her pilot's license, was 40 when the Wright brothers first learned to fly. And it was only in her late 40s she decided to, um, she really wanted to fly. And um, in fact, she, she didn't tell her husband, took herself off to France and, and bought an aircraft. And then she had to come back to, to the UK to pay her loan off because she was an honourable woman. And, um, and she set up a flying school. And then and this amazing woman, again, Hilda Hewlett, people shouldn't really know her name. In the First World War, she was very patriotic. She thought Britain needs more planes. She set up a manufacturing business. By the end of the First World War, she was employing 800 people and had made 700 planes for Britain. And if you want to see any inspirational woman, she's the one people should look at. Hilda Hewlett, amazing woman. And I was quite taken with Lillian Bland. Because she not not only flew it, she built it. She was the first woman to design, build and and fly her own aircraft. And what a story that was. I mean, it's just wonderful. In her back back garden, um, her mother had died, sadly, and she was living then with her elderly father and an elderly, even more older, great aunt. And and they had a work shed in the back of the garden. And she thought, I'll build an aeroplane. I mean, that's just extraordinary. And we're talking about 1910, right at the beginning of flights, really. And um, and she got the wood, she bought the struts in, she bought equipment from various sort of shops around. And she spent the whole winter hammering and sawing and sewing things up and, and then putting the fabric on the plane. And eventually she wheeled it out and made a few adjustments. And, and then she flew. It, just the most extraordinary story. But there are so many extraordinary stories in your book. Yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, just coming through to Helen Sharman, she was yeah. working at Mars. She was on the technology of chocolate before she became an astronaut. She was a very, very, or well, she is a very clever chemist. And um, she'd been to university, again, unusual really in those days, but she'd been to university and she... Um, and she was, as you said, she was working in Mars. She had a, that Mars was in Slough in Buckinghamshire and she had a flat in South London. It was just one evening. She was driving back from, from her job and she was in a, a traffic jam, turned the radio on, was fiddling through the channels as one does. And she heard an advert, astronauts wanted, ring this number. So she jotted down the number. But she thought, oh, that's ridiculous. Put it in a bag and forgot all about it. And two weeks later, she was entering, um, she was um, emptying her handbag and this number came out. She thought, what was that about? And she rang it and she found it's genuine. It's a joint effort between Russia and, and England to put an astronaut into space to join the Russian spacecraft up there, the Mir space station. And so 50,000 people had applied and she went through enormous amount of challenges and, and checks and medical checks and aptitude tests and goodness. And anyway, finally, she was selected. Amazing. And then she had to go to Russia. And for three months, just learn Russian because all the instruction was in Russian. And then she finally got onto the technology of going into space. Uh, just a fabulous story. Just a normal <laughs> woman again. You know, none of these women here, um, all of them should really have their names fully recorded as making terrific, terrific contribution to British aviation. But none of them started in aviation families, really. Well, you've, you've done your bit. Uh, the Golden Age, the picture on the front of your book, is a sort of 1920s, 30s um, yeah. style. Um, yeah. was, was that the Golden Age? Because 
um, again, reading around this subject, it's not only women who are drawn to flying, but some of them are drawn to fast cars as well. And cars and planes at that time, they look like cars and planes should look. It, I think it was a time of adventure, wasn't it? And, um, and that's exactly it. The 20s and 30s, if you weren't destitute, then there was opportunity. And not, very few of these women had the money to start with. Um, so it wasn't, as I said earlier, it wasn't all aristocratic women, but they had the determination to do what they wanted to do. And, um, and just phenomenal how they got through the, um, the challenges that were still there against women joining in. But once they did join in, um, they had a fabulous time. <laughs> well, you've done a great book, Sally, and it obviously engaged you and you got infused. What now? You can't follow this, can you? Um, not, not as such. The best thing about this book is um, I'm so pleased that some of these names have been unheard of, really. Um, and now they're on record. Uh, and so the facts and the details are here forever, really. Because I remember when I rang the British Parachute Association to find out who was the first British woman parachutist. No one had a clue. So at least now all these names and, and all these people have done phenomenal things, like Diana Bonato. She was the first woman to fly through the sound barrier. That alone is a, a dramatic story. And she had cancer at the time. Anyway, it all ended happily. And most of these are, are fun adventure stories. And most of them have got really happy endings, which is wonderful. But after this, I've no idea. How do you follow this? How do you follow Helen Charman into space? Well, um, I, as you know, I once met a woman on a train, the Honourable Mrs. Victor Bruce. And yeah. you've written or are going to write about her? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, I think I mentioned her in the back of the book. because Yes, she, you did. She, yes, she was an extraordinary woman. And... Um, she was, well, she was one of the ones, as you mentioned, in the 30s, a real, she wanted to be a fast everything. And she was just tremendous courage, tremendous energy. And also, um, I think, just a lot of fun. And I'd love to have got to know her and see her more. Now, you've met her, which is amazing. And I think I'd love to have met more of these women. Um, but she has a massive story to be told. So, yes, I am actually researching her a bit more now. Well, I'll tell you, for your book about how I met her on a train, and although she was well into old age, she was phenomenal. Um, and this book, hugely entertaining, and it tells you stuff you didn't know. Magnificent Women and Flying Machines, the first 200 years of British women in the sky by Sally Smith. Smalley, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, David.